Welcome to It's Not Business, It's Personal, the ultimate podcast for creative and sensitive small business owners. I'm your host, Trisha Kinichi. I've been working with small businesses for over nine years, and I'm here to flip the script on how we talk about business. You are you for a reason. You don't have to change who you are to be successful. It's possible to meld business strategy, living in your purpose, and art. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. kindred spirit. I hope you are having a beautiful, beautiful day. I am so, so grateful you're here. I'm Trisha, and welcome back to this next episode of It's Not Business, It's Personal. I'm not sure if you noticed, but I took a pause from posting after the first few episodes of the podcast. If you haven't listened to the first few episodes, please make sure to go back and listen. I've gotten some amazing, amazing feedback, especially the very first episode called Being Brave, and then also episode three called Finding Me, where I share more of my own personal story. And I've just heard from so many of you that have really resonated and that I can't even tell you how much that means to me. And I guess wanted to start this episode by getting a little vulnerable. As you see, I did not post an episode uh, for the last few weeks, and I got this amazing feedback about the first few episodes of the podcast, and at the same time, I've been getting a lot of inquiries just generally in my work from non-business owners. If you don't know, I am a business coach. That is what I've been doing for the past few years. I uh, work with small businesses basically as kind of like a co-CEO to help, you know, bounce off ideas, give feedback, help set goals and plan and give accountability. And I've started to move more into the creator space and kind of claiming myself as an artist again, which, you know, I've been coming out of a... uh, toxic relationship and I just got divorced and I'm kind of reclaiming parts of myself again. And I felt like after I posted the first few episodes, uh, I hit a wall essentially. And I think I was flooded with this idea and this calling. I felt like the universe was kind of giving me this calling that I was I'm moving out of the business space and moving more into just talking to sensitivity in general and how we can use sensitivity in business, but um, but also how we can just, you know, live as sensitive people and as creatives and how we can keep showing up for ourselves and creating and owning our story, owning who we are and learning to use ourselves and our skills as superpowers rather than feeling shame about them. And this is something I feel super passionate about and has been a part of my business coaching, but I think moving out of like the you know guise of business is really scary to me and I and claiming to be an artist is really scary I don't know if this is something that you've struggled with I would love to know if this is something that you also struggle with but it is scary to start to kind of claim your power and what happened with me I had a a virtual retreat at the beginning of February that was just I mean, amazing. I This was my first virtual treat I'd ever held. And the feedback I got was, you know, attendees that were just in tears and telling me how much this retreat had changed their life. And, and then the podcast, I got some amazing feedback and people telling me how much it had really changed their perspective on things. And honestly, I I feel like I, I hit a full just imposter syndrome perfectionist wall. 
And I immediately started to go, who am I to be saying these things? Who am I for people to be listening to me? I don't know if this is something that you've uh, also struggled with, but it's really hard to kind of feel like you're leveling up in your life and uh, not quite feeling ready. You know, and I'm, you know, dealing with some personal things after uh, a really hard last year. And this just kind of pushed me to a level that I wasn't quite ready for. And so... What happened with that then, you know, is that like we start to go like, okay, everyone's looking at me, then I need to be perfect. And I need to make sure that everything that I'm putting out now is perfect. Um, and, you know, it's it's fear and we all manifest fear in different ways. But usually for sensitive people, something that is very common for us is we just jump into perfectionism. And we go, as long as, you know, I show up perfectly, then nobody can say anything bad. Nobody can, you know, I, I, I'll, as long as I'm perfect, then everything else will be perfect too. And please tell me if this is something that you struggle with also. Something, I was at a retreat last fall, and one of the first questions that we got asked on the very first night was, are you more afraid of failure or success? (sighs) Uh, I'm going to say that again for you. Are you more afraid of failure or success? And... It's crazy. I, for me, I felt that. I felt a fear of success pop up for me so, so viscerally. And what happens with that then is that we, you know, get into our perfectionist cycles and then we don't show up perfectly. Something happens that throws off that perfection and then we start to feel shame. And then we show up less and then we feel even more shame and we end up on this like shame spiral. And uh, so I, yeah, like these past few weeks, I'm going to be totally honest. I've just been stuck in this kind of depressive shame spiral of feeling like I'll never live up to myself. You can even ask my producer, I edited, uh, he edited a full episode for me. I, it's not that I, it wasn't for lack of trying <laughs> that I didn't have any podcast episodes come out, but uh, I decided not to post because I wasn't, I was in it and I, in the episode that, that he fully edited for me, I feel like I I was just acting like everything was fine. You know, I'm like talking, I'm starting out talking about like what a beautiful day it is here in LA today and how it's been so rewarding to work with my clients. And, you know, in the meantime, I was dying inside. And, um, that is something that is really, really important to me with this podcast and something that I'm trying to break inside of myself is the idea that I have to pretend like things are perfect all the time or that I have to show up perfectly. And that's really important to me with this podcast is that I'm showing up to you authentically and real. I want that trust with you to know that um, you can come to me as you are. And I hope that you'll accept me where I'm at as well. And I also want to show you that you don't have to be perfect all the time and you don't have to feel good all the time and you can still keep moving your life forward even if you're not feeling great. I just, yeah, I want to hand you a permission slip for you to sign. Please write yourself a permission slip right now to stop pretending that everything is perfect or that everything has to be perfect because it's a never ending battle, right? And that's where those shame spirals come in. And if you're anything like me, the biggest emotion you feel when you don't meet expectations is shame. Right. It's like I I didn't get my to do list done for last week. So this week is is ruined. 
you know, or I, I, I ended up, you know, resting last night instead of getting that one thing done. And now this whole day is thrown off. And, you know, we end up in this like crazy perfectionist cycles instead of allowing ourselves to be human, you know, and, you know, as a highly sensitive person and I'm an Enneagram four, you know, I've struggled with the emotion of shame my entire life. You know, some people feel emotions at level four to six, and I feel them at level eight to 10. (laughs) And I'm guessing if you are a highly sensitive person as well, you might be the same way, and I would love to know. So to illustrate this a little bit more, uh, and kind of to talk about how shame shows up for us as perfectionists, uh, here is a piece that I wrote aptly titled, Perfect. One of the meanest things I do to myself is give me higher expectations than everyone else. I don't notice their mistakes, but assume they'll notice mine. So I wait until it's all perfect, though they'd be happy with fine. I edit and refine and nudge and tweak until I'm no longer excited about what I longed for last week. Then I panic and withdraw feeling anxiety and shame, hoping I'll feel better, but instead there's more pain. I hate that I didn't finish and even worse that I disappeared. And the cycle continues of overthinking, disappointment, and fear. Why do I do this while others easily don't wait for a grade A and churn out B's and C's? When I get to the heart of it, the bottom line, I believe all work is worthy, except for mine. My perfectionism is my way of telling myself that I'll never be as good as everyone else. And until I find acceptance for myself, flaws and all, I'll continue to self-abandon and let myself fall. We are so much more than what we create, and holding that back is a form of self-hate. Release expectations, create just to feel alive, and that will make so much more impact than the perfect work you hide. Aim for connection and joy, stop making it a chore, and you'll see that all work is worthy, especially yours. Did that speak to you? Have you gone through the same thing? I would love to know if this is something that you also struggle with. Um, I sent that piece to a good friend and he said he teared up listening to it. And I get it. I mean, shame is a powerful, powerful emotion. I used to think that shame was helping me by keeping me safe right? You know, it's like our brain's trying to keep us in our comfort zones. That's how we've evolutionary stayed alive is, you know, through staying in one place, staying safe. And so I thought that shame was part of that. It was a motivator. But, you know, uh, it turns out that shame is a terrible motivator and it 
only holds us back. You know, it keeps us in the dark. It keeps us paralyzed and stuck. It makes us think that things are so much worse than they are. And, uh, oh God, when we go into shame, all we can think about is just stopping that pain, right? And seeking out pleasure. And so to do that, we end up avoiding and numbing, you know, which means that maybe we're scrolling on our phones or, uh, you know, our house is impeccably clean, but we haven't done the actual thing that we need to do. I don't know if you do the same thing. I, not that I'm speaking from personal experience or anything, but this is what leads to the infamous shame spiral. So there are four stages to the shame spiral. Um, I literally looked this up during this time when I was going through one just to get curious about what I was experiencing. And so the first stage of the shame spiral is feeling. Feeling that shame. Something happens to make us feel bad. And a lot of times our body responds to that like a threat, right? Like this feeling is threatening our livelihood or threatening our wellness or threatening our safety. Uh, The second stage is pain. So our body responds to that threat or, you know, shame, uh, as, you know, like with a stress response. So a lot of times we go into fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And so, and that's where all that pain comes from. And so we start to pull away from that pain and we decide that like, no, 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 I shouldn't be feeling any pain right now. So we regress. And so we pull back. And so that's the third stage is regression. We pull back from doing the thing that brought us shame, hoping that, you know, maybe a little time away from it will make us feel better. Um, and spoiler alert, it doesn't, but we, we regress and we withdraw and hoping that we'll be able to either refigure it out or we're just avoiding feeling the shame and we just pull away. And then the fourth stage of a shame spiral is stagnation and we feel stuck. And then, you know, and the longer we stay away from what we're avoiding, the worse we feel and the more stagnant we feel. And then we repeat. You know, it's back to stage one, feeling shame for being so stuck and stagnant and not being able to produce in the same way that we want to. And then we go to stage two and repeat and repeat and repeat. And, you know, the longer it goes with every turn of that cycle, we get further down and further down until we just become numb. Um, This is definitely something I've experienced. And um, I would love to know if this is something you've experienced, too. Have you experienced this in your life? You know, and as sensitives, we we feel things stronger. And so we are much more likely to fall into patterns like this. Our brains and bodies want to keep us safe. The emotion feels very threatening because it's coming on really strongly. Um, And so we just kind of keep playing out the same situations and ending up in these same patterns. Um, And we respond with the same actions or the same inaction, even though we know it's not good for us. Whew, it's a lot. It's a lot, y'all. And I just want you to know that you are not alone if this is something that you go through. How do we get out of it? You know, and obviously I'm still learning. Uh, but <laughs> honestly, there's only one way to fully get out of a shame spiral, and it sucks. It's that you have to face it. You have to face what you're avoiding. We, I mean, we have to face the shame. But I know as HSPs, as highly sensitive people, just saying, like, face your problems doesn't help. You know, we're like, oh, yeah, 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 sure. No, no, no. I'll I'll, I'll totally, I'll look that right in the eye in six months. (laughs) It's just, it's a little harder for us to take big, bold action. So what's helped me the most is taking small steps. 
you know, and really like giving myself a lot of grace and just taking tiny, tiny steps. So I'm not going to pretend like I have all the answers here. This is clearly something that I still struggle with too, but I am getting better and um, at pulling myself out of these. And so I do want to share kind of the, some three small things that have really been working for me and that really helped me this time around. So the first one is to get out of your head and into your body. So sometimes that means just physically moving your body, you know, like get up, stretch, go for a walk, dance around a little bit. It could also mean physically removing yourself from a stressful space. So that could mean just walking outside. That could mean even going out of town for a little bit. And so getting out of your head and into your body sometimes just means kind of literally giving your brain a break (laughs) and moving your body. But this can also mean getting the emotion out of your head and feeling it in your body. So for me, what this looks like is setting aside, you know, 10 minutes every few days um, or just when things are really welling up, you know, and I'm, I'm really just stuck and going into some distraction free space, you know, parents do the best you can and allowing yourself to feel the feeling. It's the thing that we're so scared of. It's the thing that we're avoiding and avoiding, you know, by cleaning our houses so perfectly and doing all the other small things or just watching movies or scrolling on our phones. We're avoiding that. We're avoiding feeling that feeling. And so let the feeling come up for you. Give yourself space and actually designate time to feel. But instead of dwelling on why you're feeling it and all the reasons behind it, concentrate you know, in a very non-judgmental way on what you're feeling, like what you're physically feeling and where. And the whole goal is just getting really curious about the emotion. So, you know, it's it's not saying like, uh, I, I'm feeling really stressed because I have so much to do and haven't done any of it. You're saying instead you're laying with your body, allowing that shame or frustration or fear flow through. And you're saying, my chest feels tight. My stomach feels kind of queasy. My head feels foggy. You know, my, my whole body feels tired. And what we're doing is we're moving the emotion from being completely in your head to feeling it in your body. And by acknowledging the emotion and actually allowing yourself to feel the thing that you're avoiding, it really helps to us to remember that it is an emotion, just like, you know, joy or just like frustration or sadness. We, we know that emotions pass. Emotions come into our bodies and they leave our bodies. And so by actually allowing yourself to feel it, you can actually allow yourself to let it go. I mean, it's kind of cool. You can actually like feel it pass through your body sometimes. It just reminds you that this isn't who you are. This is just something that you're temporarily feeling in your body and it will pass. So that's something that's really been helping me is getting out of my head and into my body. Uh, The second thing is um, this is kind of a, you know, an exercise in self-compassion, but it's, it's treating yourself like you're somebody else because y'all, we are the hardest on ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves. And so this is an exercise in self-compassion and self-love. It's if someone came to you and told you that they were experiencing what you're experiencing or, or feeling what you're feeling, 
what would you say to them? How would you treat them? What advice would you give them? I can guarantee that you would not be nearly as hard on them as you are on yourself. So for me, I have a hard time allowing myself to rest. This is something I'm having to constantly remind myself to do. Um, and even when I am resting, I'm not resting, I'm stressing, right? I feel still feeling a lot of stress. And, uh, you know, and especially when there's a lot to do that I haven't gotten done and I'm feeling a lot of shame. You know, that is the hardest time to rest. But when anyone else is struggling, you know, this is I work with my clients all the time. And when they're struggling, I try to remind them that the brain is a part of the body. And that if your brain is feeling unwell, you're sick. This is a sick day. This is your brain telling you that you, this is an organ in your body telling you that it needs attention and care. If your kidney was acting up, you would you would figure it out and you would take care of it and try to help it. But when our brains act up, we go, no, no, we should be, we should, you, you should be better than this brain. And so this is something I want to remind you too. And something, this is the advice that I had to keep giving myself is that if your brain is feeling unwell, you can treat that like any other sick day or by getting sick in any other way. You do not have to deserve a rest day to take one. You don't have to hit a milestone on your to-do list. You don't have to, there's no if only in order to take rest. You do not have to earn rest. And that is something I've had to remind myself over and over and over again. Um, And it's easier said than done. Um, But I just, I really have, I've been really working on, and I want you to really work on following the compassionate advice that we give to others, ourselves. You know, instead of just the shameful advice or the scolding that usually happens and we're, we, we're rewriting the way that we talk to ourselves and the way that we treat ourselves. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more in just a minute about rewriting the way that we talk to ourselves um, once we get to our action item in just a minute. But so this is the second thing that's really been helping me is treating myself like I'm somebody else and giving myself the same loving advice and trying to take that same loving advice that I would give to someone else for myself because... I am just as worthy as everyone else in my life, and I love me just as much as I love them, or I'm working on it. And then the last thing that has really helped me pulling out of shame spirals is getting support. You know, I mean, God, it is so much easier to acknowledge shame when we have someone there to empathize and help us look at our problems objectively. Like, we don't see ourselves objectively. That's, it's literally impossible. Like, we would have to stand outside of our brains. <laughs> we have a very hard time looking at ourselves objectively, what, especially when we're in it. And so, you know, for me, this past month, I've really relied on my therapist and my medical provider. I have, you know, I'm part of this amazing business group that has a business coach and a mindset coach. And I've just been really, really striving to utilize these resources, knowing that I can't do this myself. I can't. And for you, this could look like, you know, it could look like a close friend or your spouse or a partner. It could look like, um, you know, a coach. If this is something that you're struggling with, this is something I do coach on. So I would love to work with you. This could look like a mental health provider, a counselor. Get support. Get support. And if you're feeling particularly low, please do not try to do this yourself. 
please just get whatever help seems immediately available to you. And you can always keep going to the next support and get braver with that. But at least just reach out to somebody, especially if you're feeling low. Whew. So these are the mindset shifts that we need to make as sensitive people. This is something that we struggle with regularly and we have to start learning to adapt to, right? It's like that's the only way to get forward in life is to learn how to treat ourselves with compassion and also how to work with these big emotions that come up for us and, you know, pushing past that perfectionism because on the other side, there's so much joy and so much fulfillment, you know? And so even like I said in the piece before is, you know, release expectations and create just to feel alive. Aim for connection and joy. Let's stop making it a chore. And we'll see that all work is worthy, especially yours. (sighs) So your action item for this week, remember I give you an action item every week, I'm going to challenge you to start rewriting the narrative in your head. So we're going to work on being kinder to ourselves. And this is a very small step that you can do to start doing that. So really start listening to yourself and the things that you repeat. And it's hard. It's hard sometimes to really kind of start being aware of how we talk to ourselves. Um, But just start listening. Like curiosity first, non-judgmental. You know, we we don't want this to make us feel more shame. It's more of just being aware and starting to go, hey, hey, me, (laughs) what are you saying? What are you saying? So for me, something I realize I say to myself a lot is uh, get it together. Like, get it together, Trish. Oh, God, get it together. And that's, I mean, that's not very nice, is it? Like, I would, I would never say that to somebody else if they were like falling apart or struggling with something or like, like my daughter, you know, and just be like, get it together. It's, it's not even helpful. It's super shaming and it only perpetuates the shame spiral. So for me, now I'm working on rewriting that phrase. And so whenever I catch myself saying, get it together, Trish, I try to take a second to forgive myself and say, hey, that's a habit. That's something that we've gotten used to saying to ourselves, but we're not saying that anymore. And instead I say, I love you, Trish. What do you need right now? That's it. It's a quick rewrite. And, you know, it's not perfect. I still find myself saying things. But even just that quick rewrite of that one phrase, I can already feel such a difference in just how I speak to myself in general. And so think about that for yourself. What's what's a shaming or negative or just generally unhelpful phrase you tend to say to yourself? And how can you rewrite it so that whenever you catch yourself saying it, you can say the rewrite instead? And you're welcome to borrow mine, which is, I love you, self. What do you need right now? That's it. It's one little step that will help, you know, unwind the shame spiral just a little bit. And with every bit of self-love and self-acceptance that we come into, we unwind that spiral just a little bit more. And so I really hope that gives you something to think about. 
Oh, so I would actually love to hear what phrase you chose if you feel comfortable sharing. So if you, you know, ended up coming up with something other than, so going back to the action item, sorry, you know, if you, you're welcome to borrow mine, if I love you self, what do you need right now? But if you come up with your own, I would really love to know and even be able to share what you came up with. What is the positive rewrite that you've given yourself? So please share with me on Instagram. I'm at trisha.kinichi. You can get the spelling of my name from the podcast description. And then I'd also just love to know what you think about the show and what you thought about this episode. And so if this episode speaks to you, it would really mean a lot to me if you took, you know, just three minutes and subscribed to the podcast and wrote a review. It really would just, it would help the podcast. It would help me and it would help spread this message. And so any uh, little bit that you're able to give back, I just would so appreciate. Um, I wanted to actually feature another podcast review. There are a few now, which is so exciting. This comes from Misty6241. And review is titled, Uplifting and Motivating for Any HSP, Solid Advice and Important Messages for HSPs in a Way Only HSPs Can Give. This podcast is empowering, brave, and insightful. I'm not even a business owner and find these conversations to be relevant and inspiring. And I'm crying. (laughs) Describing the podcast as empowering, brave, and insightful is absolutely what I was going for. It makes you feel really good to be so seen. Thank you, Misty. 6241. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time to write a review. And I hope that you all know that when you do take a minute to support the podcast, I notice and I obviously cry a little bit because it's not business. It's personal. Thank you so much for joining me this week and being on this podcast journey with me. Oh, and I can't even tell you how much it means to me that you're here, but also that you continue to do the hard work on yourself. It's hard. And I'm really, I hope that you are so proud of yourself for doing some work and, you know, even seeking out things like this podcast to find who you are and to live in your purpose. So keep at it. You're doing great. Have a beautiful week, my kindred spirit. Stay sensitive, stay creative, stay you. Thank you.